Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know, I listen to Bickley and Murata. Terrific show, by the way. I really enjoy it. Bickley and Murata mornings from 6 to 10. Bickley and Murata. It's the greatest show on earth. Bickley and Murata. Good morning and welcome. Dan Bickley. Sports, man. Sports. Vince Murata. It's a power-packed morning zoo. Are you kidding me? Bickley and Murata. Bigly and Murata. I love this show. This is the greatest show in the history of radio. It's the greatest radio show ever. Bigly and Murata. I hate everything about this show. This is the worst show in the world. Happy Friday, Valley sports fans. We have made it once again to the end of a week. Sorry to say there will be no Kevin Durant playing basketball in downtown Phoenix, but you will get Bickley and Murata in the mornings for the next four hours. That is true. And we're, that in, is true. we're in full uniform yeah, today. True. No load management here. Well, Jarrett. Probably managing a load about now. <laughs> load. Oh, boy. What a load. <laughs> what a load. That's right. That's Hoop right. Fest. That's right. That's right. Speaking of load management, did you see this bit? The NBA kicked back up last night after a week off for the mm-hmm. All-Star break. Mm-hmm. The Portland Trailblazers had a game. And they just announced that their two best players were going to rest. I saw that. It's, I, I it's saw, so I, awful. I thought to myself, this couldn't be true. How could that be true? How could you be resting somebody coming out of an All-Star break? And one of them played in the All-Star game. So how is that possible? <laughs> now you're just mocking the system at that point. Aren't you? I yes. mean, you have to be. You're mocking yes. it. It's just, hey, we're getting into the, we're getting into the brick for Vic is what they're calling it. Victor Wembanyama, the uh, the French prospect, but everybody's yeah. you know now we're gonna see teams kick it into high gear. I think uh-huh. San Antonio Spurs lost their fifteenth straight game last night. Uh huh. Race not, to not, the bottom not for Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, listen, I, I'm, this is gonna be crazy because the dude is seven foot five, and that is we've never seen somebody that size be able to dribble a basketball like that. Yeah, I know. Dribble it, a basketball two, at all? He's grown two inches, right? Just since they started. It's yeah. What if he's like keeps growing? What if he turns into the next Robert Wadlow? Just keeps growing. There's a uh, obscure yeah, reference woo. for you. The world's, I don't, I don't even know the world's tallest man with Guinness Book it, of World okay, Records. So he, he Eight never foot stopped 11. growing? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Not much Is of a... still alive? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, no, very, no, no, no. Very short life and uh, was terrible at basketball. The only thing short about him. <laughs> did you, uh, uh, speaking of social media, media, did you see that uh, Mikhail Bridges was being interviewed and someone asked who his favorite player was growing up? Did you see his response? No. He said Kevin Durant. Oh. Did he really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone just, yeah, it was, I'm like, wow, that's, yeah. That was a, it was a funny flex from McHale. Then he'll be very flattered. I was uh, tooling through my, my weekly check on Facebook, which is about my, my limit on, on that particular mm-hmm. app. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody was selling an unlicensed Suns t-shirt, and it was like Durant, Booker, Paul, and Aiton. Walking across the crosswalk like Abbey like Road, the, the, the Abbey Road cover, okay. and Kevin Durant was in the front. And instead of just doing a, a real Photoshop, they just photoshopped his head on Mikel Bridges' body. 
Oh, I have to show you the Come picture. They do have similar bodies, though, to be fair. They oh, yeah. do, but Kevin Durant is way taller yes, and way longer. Which one yeah. was the one wasn't wearing shoes? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Oh. <laughs> All right, it is day four of Newsmakers, day five of the week. Let's get it rolling. Start the show. Jarrett. The Splash. Splash. The stories making waves in the sports world. The Splash. splash. The Splash, brought to you by Presidential Pools, Arizona's number one pool builder. See why at presidentialpools.com. Yeah, it's official. No Kevin Durant tonight. Suns resume their regular season schedule this evening against the Oklahoma City Thunder at Footprint Center. The Suns had yet to rule Durant out until Thursday, so the reports that Sunday in Milwaukee or Wednesday night in Charlotte as KD's debut remain intact. Suns could get point guard Cameron Payne back from a right foot injury tonight. He's been upgraded to questionable. Upgraded to questionable. Great name for an album. <laughs> I, pain, I agree with you. Pain is missed. Or, or maybe my autobiography. No, that's, I, uh, I might steal that. <laughs> that yeah. Pain has missed the last 21 games with the injury. Landry Shamit remains out. He'll be reevaluated in a week. Interestingly enough, game 61 for the Suns out of 82. First game against Oklahoma City. Uh, they are 28 and 29 in 10th place in the West, heading into the post All Star portion of the schedule. 8 o'clock tip for national TV, 7 30 pregame on the Arizona Sports app at 98 7. Well, I, and I think of, of more compelling nature to Suns fans as to what's coming. The reports out of Suns practice yesterday, they had one of those workouts that, that had people kind of seeing greatness. Mm-hmm. We'll get into that. Like the dream team practices? Like the first practice. First few practices with Steve Nash and yes. the Suns when he uh-huh. came here. Yeah, same thing. Uh, last night in the NBA, things got back uh, on the court. Top seed in the West, the Denver Nuggets kept on chugging along a 115-109 road win over Cleveland. Nikola Jokic, 24-18-13. Typical night yeah. at work for him. The most boring MVP in the history of MVPs. He's good. The yeah. most boring, non-compelling. I, I, I'm so glad I do not have Nikola Jokic on my team. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying uh, because you want. I, I'd want to love him like an MVP but he just doesn't look like an MVP to me, and I'm sorry. I'm not hating. Move on. No, I'm not saying you are. You've, you've had this uh, You've had I this thought for a while. Yeah. Memphis Grizzlies led for over 45 minutes but lost on the road to Philadelphia 110-105. How's that uh, West looking for you, John Morant? How's that? Still good? Uh, James Harden at 31 points. Joel Embiid 27-19, 6-6. Six. Tobias Harris, a huge three with 39 seconds to give the Sixers the lead. And LeBron James hit just 5 of 20 shots, finished with 13 points, but the Lakers beat Golden State anyway. 124 to 111. Lakers just a uh, game out of the 10th spot in the West now as they vow to well, make the playoffs. Well, no, I, I hope it's just a bunch of smoke, but there's a lot of people who are predicting quite a renaissance from that Lakers team. They had a they had a very active deadline. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo Russell got hurt last night, so their chances to make the playoffs probably went up. <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> I was gonna say that's not much of a yeah. loss. On the college hardwood, huge opportunity for Bobby Hurley's ASU Sun Devils to boost their March Madness resume tomorrow in Tucson against the seventh ranked Arizona Wildcats. The Cats took the earlier meeting in Tempe, sixty nine sixty on New Year's Eve. Tomorrow's game tips off at noon. You can see it on CBS. Ooh, this is a huge game for the Sun Devils. Yes. Are you gonna be down there? 
in Tucson? I will be. I will be on the court hyping people up. Nice. Nice. This is one of those middle of the day, you'll probably not even think about it after we get done talking about it right now. It's a big moment for Bobby Hurley. It is. Uh, Pre-game coverage 1130 on the Arizona Sports app and ESPN 620. Cardinals introduced their new offensive coordinator, Drew Petzing, on Thursday, a press conference during which head coach Jonathan Gannon said that quarterback Kyler Murray is right on schedule with his rehabilitation from a torn left ACL. Yeah. What does that mean? Exactly? My my first impression um, was was right along Mary Kay Cabot's. Man, he's short. <laughs> it was actual noticeable. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. I yeah, watched. Yes. I, I watched the press conference and there was a, a, a camera shot just of Jonathan Gannon and then they panned over. And you see Drew Petzing and it was. Dude, I, I'm just and again, it's like we know this coaching staff doesn't look the part in terms of age, but but just that visual, I'm like, but in a weird way that made me think there must be something really good about this guy. Yes. Uh, Cardinals making more reported hirings to Gannon's first coaching staff on Thursday. Adam Schefter of ESPN uh, said the Cardinals plan on adding former ASU defensive line coach Robert Rodriguez to the fold as an assistant working with outside linebackers. Rodriguez worked with Gannon in Minnesota for a few seasons before uh, jumping on the Herm Edwards train in Tempe. According to a report from Aaron Wilson, the Cardinals are hiring Miami Dolphins assistant defensive line coach Derek LeBlanc to coach their D-line. Cardinals also released safety and special teamer Chris Banjo, according to Field Yates. And then a report from Denver from Mike Kliss said the Broncos are hiring Banjo to be an assistant special teams coach under Sean Payton. Very, um, I just got to think that's got to be so odd for a guy that was once head coach to come back as defensive coordinator. Yeah, that's the other story with uh, Denver. Vance Joseph back, the uh, defensive coordinator, joining Peyton staff in the Mile High City. Uh, his first stint in Denver was as a head coach in 2017 and 2018, went 11-21. and 21. He takes over a defense that ranks seventh in the NFL by allowing 320 yards per game despite finishing 5-12. and 12. Yeah. That is a, that's a weird it, thing. Weird dynamic. And I saw people pose this question, too. And we're going to get into the Sean Payton connection to Arizona as the show goes on. Oh, yeah, because we, are. we got some developments on that yesterday from Michael Bidwell during Newsmakers Week. But had Sean Payton been the guy in Arizona, would he have retained Vance Joseph? Who interviewed for the head coaching job. So so Sean Payton ends up with Vance Joseph, just not in Arizona. Yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah. Been. Uh, the L.A. Rams and linebacker Bobby Wagner have mutually agreed to part ways, according to various reports. Wagner played last season with the Rams after a decade in Seattle and did what he does. 140 tackles in 17 games to go along with a career-high six sacks and two interceptions. But he'll become a free agent. Uh, and the Arizona Diamondbacks begin their Cactus League schedule Tomorrow with a pair of split squad games. Half of the team hitting the road to Mesa's Hohokam to oh, face the Cub. No, they don't, they don't play there anymore. Uh, the Oakland A's in a game that gets underway at 105. The other half will remain at Salt River Fields for a matchup against the Colorado Rockies at 110. You can hear that game on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. Yeah. Full spring training oh. for the first time in forever. I see all these Cubs fans already. They're just wandering around Mesa in their Cubs gear. They're all pale. <laughs> They're, at, they're like, where's the sun? Where's got, the mustard? Where's the old the style? Mustard. Where's the old style? Where's the sun? Where's the mustard? And where's the old style? Boom! We've had like <laughs> one, we've had one week of good weather in the last like six weeks, and it was the Super Bowl week. Yeah. Thank goodness. Yeah, I know. Everything works out for the NFL. <laughs> That's right.
Come yeah, back. True. I'm getting yeah. cold. Come back, NFL. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There is your splash for Friday, February 24th, our final day of Newsmakers Week 2023 on the slate of guests today. Phoenix Rising FC President Bobby Dooley, Diamondbacks General Manager Mike Hazen, Cardinals Head Coach Jonathan Gannon, Shane Doan, the Coyotes Chief Hockey Development Officer, and Bryce Drew, GCU Head Men's Basketball Coach. And that's all starting at 645 with an in-studio visit from Bobby Dooley. Coming up next, our thoughts on Drew Petzing. Introduced yesterday by the Arizona Cardinals as the new offensive coordinator and some news from Jonathan Gannon as well. We'll get into all of it next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Murata. Bickley and Murata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It happened fast. I mean, I was, you know, unfortunately we were not playing in the playoffs, so I was uh, at home. I was watching the game, and, um, you know, after the game got the call that there was a, a possibility um, that I could get an interview, so I, you know, I had to start preparing quickly. Um, I think it's something, though, you know, any time, you know, I had the opportunity to interview a year ago, so it's there was some prep that was done and, and tried to put myself in a position that if it ever happened again that I would be ready. Um, and in this case, was lucky enough to get that opportunity and, and take advantage of it. Drew Petzing, the new offensive coordinator for the Arizona Cardinals at a press conference yesterday, uh, and uh, you know if he got the opportunity, he'd be ready. He got the opportunity. Mm-hmm. He uh, landed the job. It seemed like Drew Petzing was the front runner from the moment Jonathan Gannon yes. uh, really landed this head coaching job, and now we'll find out if he's ready. He's got uh, obviously a lot of questions on the offensive side of the ball, and those questions start with number one, your quarterback. Yeah, I attended the press conference yesterday, and uh, a couple things struck me. Number one, Jonathan Gannon, you could tell just from his facial demeanors and, and what he said, has 100% confidence in Drew Petzing because those are the words he used mm-hmm. 100% and and as I said earlier we were we were kind of alerted to this by Cleveland writer Mary Kay Cabot but but everything about Drew Petzing again he didn't look the part he looked uh, by offensive coordinator head coach standards in the NFL he looked like he was like the Kyler Murray of offensive coordinators mm-hmm. he's a diminutive statured dude but at the same time I thought to myself this guy has been number one on Jonathan Gannon's list for for a while now, because when we know that, because Mary Kay Cabot wrote about it long before Jonathan Gannon interviewed here. When Jonathan Gannon thought he might be getting jobs elsewhere, like in Houston, that was this is his guy. Yeah, and so so there's something in this guy. I thought it was interesting as Drew Petzing talked. Now Jonathan Gannon kind of emerged as the star of the little press conference because he said some things interesting that I want to get into in a bit here. But the one thing Drew Petzing did do. Uh, from my vantage point, was on a few occasions he was asked to elaborate on what he has seen from Kyler Murray, what he's going to do with Kyler Murray, how special Kyler Murray could be, and and he seemed to want no part of it of individualizing Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether that's a whether that was by design, whether we need to knock him down a notch or not, but it was something that kind of struck me. It was interesting. Uh, Jonathan Gannon also did give an update on Kyler Murray's health. I mean, he wanted to play play me one on one today, so I don't know. I guess he's doing pretty good, but uh, and I will beat him in one on one. But um, no, he's doing great, and uh, I get some updates. He's 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 doing what he needs to do and right on schedule. And uh, you know, a little quick fact here: I'm probably airing his dirty laundry a little bit, but on uh, what's today, Thursday, Tuesday, I think I walked out of the building at nine something he was in there rehabbing 
and the only reason I knew he was in there rehabbing because I went another way and I saw this nice car sitting next to mine. I was like, who is, whose car is that right now? And uh, went back in the building and it was him. So uh, he's uh, he's been very... Uh, eager to attack his rehab the way he needs to attack it to get back and be in him. Yeah, so he's working hard on the rehab on schedule. That I think that's And still, in Arizona. And that's in Arizona, yes. And that is uh, probably something that was laid out as a this is going to happen kind of thing to Kyler Murray. But Or, um, or maybe not. Maybe Kyler Murray no, just is smart that, enough to know, okay, you know what? These new dudes are rolling in here. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know that this is something they want from me. Let me let me roll like this. I'm not going to tell this new guy to calm the bleep down. <laughs> yeah, right. I better stay put. Right, right. Uh, here was Jonathan Gannon on preparing for an offensive scheme while Kyler Murray is out. What we're going to want our players to know is this. Like when, they're, when we're in meetings, uh, they will be very interactive and what I mean by that is is you really don't know I could be talking to you guys about something and, and you give me yeah yeah I understand I understand and they, they have questions and they won't ask questions or their buddy has a question they won't ask questions and I just told the defense and you'll hear me talk about this with the information and the teaching that we're going to go through I don't I'm going to tell the players I don't want it regurgitated and I don't want it memorized I want it understood because when you understand something then you can typically play faster so um, I think that uh, just because it's not a competitive environment in the in the meeting room our meeting rooms will be pretty competitive uh, we'll hold a standard how we do those things in the meeting room uh, they will be in front of their peers uh, in what I call quote-unquote hot spots and uh, they will be on the spot with certain things but uh, that's gonna that's the meeting room for us will be a full-time job so um, um, even though he's not on the field, he will be, you know, getting stressed out mentally. I know that. Um, okay, so so what do you think about that as a difference from this year to last year? Significant. Night and day. Significant. No card tricks in these meeting rooms, I'm guessing. I'm guessing that won't be a thing yeah. either, but yeah. just, I mean, and I hate to speak ill of the departed, but I just... From a consumer standpoint, and take, and I guess the media hat is on a little mm-hmm. bit too. Just the completeness of answers, the detail, the, the the thought behind the philosophies, the you know, the, the power of personality, the elaboration on everything yes. that Jonathan Gannon talks yes. about. It's all very encouraging. Yes, and it's really kind of, and I wrote about this today at ArizonaSports.com. It's it's really makes you wonder exactly um, what is possible here because as we're going to get into throughout the course of the program today, the Cardinals took a hard pass on Sean Payton when they might have been able to have him for not a ton of draft capital. Uh, but they did so for reasons that that might vary from the fact that they're really broken in terms of roster and they can't afford to trade draft capital to uh, the finances of it all. But but I'm here to tell you that you know when when you take a look at the impact just what of what Jonathan Gannon is doing right now, uh-huh. being compelling, being clear, being concise, being demonstrative, uh, a tinge of arrogance. But enough to make people think, hey, that guy knows what he's doing. That guy must know what he's doing or he wouldn't be acting like that all the time. Mm -hmm. That can go a long way if there's something there to back it up. And so 
I, to, to me, I, I'm going to be real curious to see exactly just how far this goes. Clearly. Now, again, I mean, uh, I'm not going to – me of all people, I'm not going to get goofy with this. A head coach is nothing in the NFL until he's proven he can handle the show on a Sunday afternoon with shrapnel flying everywhere. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but going back to Drew Petzing real quick, too. Oh, yeah. Um, so much of his success, his future success potentially – just hinges on Kyler Murray and what happens with the quarterback. Here was Petson giving his first impressions of uh, K-1. The way that he's attacking his rehab and just his competitive nature and, and how much winning matters to him is is really impressive. Um, I think it's uh, it's been fun to see. It's been fun to be around even in a short time. So uh, it's got me you know excited to, to see him and coach him these, you know, moving forward. Yeah, I know we had the similar feelings when we finished up our interview with Michael Bidwell yesterday. It was kind of a, a palate You know, this, this offseason has been a palate cleanser in yeah. a lot of ways for, for the Arizona Cardinals, and it was, it was much needed. But, you know, you hear Michael Bidwell's message. You hear Jonathan Gannon's message. Uh, Rawless and, and Petzing sharing their messages. It's all moving forward. Now, I, I don't think that translates immediately to wins in mm-hmm. 2023. But we'll see. Um, there's uh, there's obviously a ton of overhaul that still needs to happen. And I think, obviously, once this staff gets put together and they're moving very quickly on that, they can move on to the draft. I mean, the combine is coming up. Uh, the draft is going to be here before you know it, less than two months away, about two months away. Yeah, um, yeah I, I'm real curious to see what, what this group does together after after speaking with a lot of the, the individuals that make up this group. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. Coming up next, if you bought tickets hoping to see Kevin Durant and haven't paid much attention in the last couple days, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. Shea Alexander's still good. Yes, and Devin Booker can play too. Uh, we'll get into the latest with the uh, Phoenix Suns and KD next. It's Bickley and Murata mornings here on this Friday. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Dan Bickley, Vince Morata. Bickley and Morata Mornings. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. He did um, everything today. So we'll see how all of the guys respond to what we did today. Today was probably close to the longest practice we've had um, all season long outside of training camp. So it was good to see everybody on the floor um, scrimmaging and getting after each other chirping tons of drills so we'll just see how everybody responds monty williams the head coach of the uh, phoenix suns yesterday at practice talking about kevin durant his uh availability his activity in a practice did everything he's getting closer to the return we were all hoping it was going to be tonight mm-hmm. the way that the schedule lined up with the all-star break it kind of made sense but it will not be tonight Probably won't be Sunday in Milwaukee against the Bucks, unfortunately. And we're looking at, um, it, in terms of yeah. big-time debuts, a Wednesday night in Charlotte, North Carolina is about as anticlimactic as it can right. get. And and it doesn't have to be climactic and I think there's it doesn't. Part, I think there's part of the organization that realizes that this, the hype of this at some point in time is a little bit past absurd that you know they're going to play a lot of basketball games together. Let's not put too much significance on number 1. Yes, absolutely. Um and and human nature would would push you in the other direction. We got to see what we got. We got to play with the new toy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Suns are using, you know, caution, obviously, easing him back. The schedule is interesting, too, for the Suns, Bick, I think. After tonight, they don't play another home game until March 8th. 
They go on the road for four games. Two of those four games on this trip, there's two days in between them. There's no back-to-backs. So it's a pretty deliberate schedule. Uh-huh. Uh, which good pacing. Ca- good yeah. pacing, mm-hmm. which, which kind of aligns with, I think, how the Suns want to handle Kevin Durant. Um, so maybe once he makes that debut, we won't see that injury management uh, terminology pop up in 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 right. you know score in the scorebook. Yeah, because he's in in street clothes. So yeah. we'll see. It, it 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 does. I think it is an advantage for the Suns once they do roll KD yeah. out again. The impatience is is a product of of us as fans, not them as as a basketball team. There is no time crunch in terms of getting getting Kevin Durant acclimated. Yes. Uh, so he did everything in practice. Monty Williams asked, "Hey, when when is that return?" Happening. It's a combination of, you know, obviously what I see, but it, what I see is based on the medical team giving him clearance, but him feeling um, the level of conditioning, the level of sharpness that he needs to uh, be at before he steps on the floor. So I think it's a combination of things. But most importantly, is just making sure he's uh, comfortable. Uh, all of our guys want to get on the floor and he's he's as competitive as anybody I've ever been around so I'm sure you know once he gets to a certain level as far as sharpness and cardio he'll be back out there yeah so uh the Suns will take on the Thunder without Kevin Durant tonight but there is other effects to having Kevin Durant uh, on your team obviously the the professional nature that he brings the reputation of being just a hardcore you know, basketball player. It's all about the hoops for Kevin Durant. And DeAndre Ayton himself kind of <laughs> backed that up yesterday with something he said to the media. It's scary, man, you know, because I think everybody's competitive level has risen a little bit. You know, the atmosphere around the facility has, I don't know, I won't say got intense, but it's definitely a little denser when it comes to handling business and there ain't no more playing games on you know, less smiles, more seriousness, and getting a job done. <laughs> what is your reaction to that? I, I, again, I, I'm not, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna waste my time psychoanalyzing DeAndre Aiden. <laughs> He's probably it's, speaking facts. I mean, we talked about I, the looseness yeah. and the and the youthful exuberance yeah. of the group that, that as it was constructed Listen, before. I, I and again, I I thought maybe just maybe that would be the element that would would sort of change the dynamics for Da was without Mikhail and Cam. There's a little less goofy, a little less youth, and a little more hardcore. You know, basketball players around him because because Kevin Durant's like Chris Paul's like Devin Booker. They're of the same. They're not there to goof around. They're not there to tell jokes. No, you know, no. So and so so I think Da is in a different environment entirely. And I think it's I think it's ultimately good for him. Yeah. Here's what I think. I think yesterday was one of those days where they they practiced for a long long time, and and they had a scrimmage going. And at one point in time, it was a mano a mano thing between Book and KD, and everybody kind of got to see the the dual greatness that is now. And I don't want to slight Chris Paul, but he's quite not at that level anymore. So the, and players know. Mm-hmm. And so so they're what and you're what KD's a different guy. And if you want to know what I'm talking about, go watch him at Rucker Park about 8 9 years ago. Mm-hmm. So you you get on a heater in a in a scrimmage like that and then you've got guys going, "Man, is he good." And that's I think that was yesterday. Man, is this guy yeah. good. Devin Booker shared his reaction to the first scrimmage with Durant. It makes it a lot easier. Uh, 
we just had one scrimmage and obviously less attention on me, less attention on Chris and, and the other guys. And uh, you know, we're gonna we all know how to play the game. I, I said before, I think our games complement each other very well. Um, they're all unselfish players that know how to play the game in the right way. But also have the ability to do, you know, very, very talented things out there. So, you know, just finding that balance with each other is, you know, with these next 20 games are going to be tough. Yeah, less attention on the others. I oh, mean, that's that's the highlight of all of this. Mm-hmm. That was the initial reaction when you when you plop Kevin Durant into the middle of your lineup. And the last time we saw Devin Booker on a basketball court, it was against the L.A. Clippers, who did a really good job of making him uncomfortable with what he was yep. doing. And we haven't seen a lot of teams get away with that recently. Now, yeah. Booker's working his way back. But uh, I'll say it. I said it then. I'll say it again. Devin Booker's not going to see a lot of what he saw defensively by the Clippers the rest of the way when Kevin Durant's on the floor. It's just not going to happen. He's going to have a lot more freedom to create, uh, operate, and produce, and that's the effect that having a superstar like that has on your team. And and again, uh, NBA Jam is a video game. They may have been way ahead of their time because it seems to me that the NBA now is about who has got the best duos, who Mm -hmm. has got the best twosome of elite scores. That seems to be the best predictor of playoff success, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you look at the teams now that uh, you know are, are considered favorites, Boston's up at the top of the list with mm-hmm. Brown and Tatum. Yep, uh, Milwaukee is yeah. near the top of the list with Giannis and Drew Holiday's yeah. picked up his scoring. Kawhi De- and Paul George, Kawhi and Paul Luke George, and Kyrie. Yep, yeah. Uh, but and that's why that's why that and that's why Phoenix is being called the favorites in the West. It's that. Mm-hmm. It's not their depth. It's not their mojo. It's not their camaraderie. It's not their system. It's we not d- their schedule. No. It's, it's, it's those that. guys. Yeah. It's that. We just have to be a little bit more patient till we see it rolled okay. out for the first all, time. Yeah, we're good. Right. It's well, all good. It'll get here. Yes. Uh, just announced Guns N' Roses heading to Chase Field on October 11th. Tickets go on sale today at 10 a.m., but you can win a pair now by texting the word ROSES to 620-620. Once again, that's ROSES to 620-620 for your chance to win Guns N' Roses tickets October 11th. Coming up next, we kick off our final day of Newsmakers Week 2023. To the pitch we go. President Phoenix Rising FC Bobby Dooley joins us in studio. Here on Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata Mornings. Yeah, we kick off uh, Friday, Newsmakers Week, our final day of Newsmakers Week 2023 here on Arizona Sports. Talking a little uh, football, a little soccer. Phoenix Rising FC President Bobby Dooley joins us in studio. Bobby, thanks for coming in, especially this early. I know uh, you you were down south of the border with the team. It was training down in Mexico, so we appreciate you being here. Oh, thanks for having me. How did the uh, how did the team look in in those games down there? The teams come together. We had one match on Wednesday morning down there against a really good competition, the team that won second division last year. We ended up at a one one draw, uh, but it was a good opportunity. All of our guys got minutes. We had some young players playing as well, and the trip's been great. You know, establishing relationships with some clubs down in Mexico can't hurt us. Mm-hmm. And, of course, team bonding 24-7 and then, you know, the opportunity to compete against some, some top uh, competition. So it's been a good trip. Yeah, there far. you go. There you go. All right. So uh, let, let's talk about what's new with the Rising. This is the 10th year of the club, right? Seventh year we're heading into okay. right now. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I read that wrong. All right. So tell us what's new layout that what's uh, what fans should come to expect in the coming weeks. There's a lot of things that are changing. This has been a really busy offseason. Um, you know, last year wasn't our best 
last year on or off the field, and it was an opportunity for us to really you know, self-reflect and, and see how we can get back to being rising, and that means at the top of the table in first place and trying to win games and championships, and then, of course, off the field, creating a better fan experience, and that starts with our relocation. We were relocating to uh, Central Phoenix, which we couldn't be more excited about, and as Mayor Gallego said, Phoenix is home, and um, and that's where Rising's going to be here, kicking off on April 1st, and um, a great location. We'll, we're you know relocating our 10,000-seat stadium right there at 38th and Washington, and it's accessible by all parts. Oh, and yeah. just, just this week, we announced you know a ticket to the match. Um, also, is your, your ride on Valley Metro, and that stops right out in front of the stadium. So, uh, a lot of fan experience elements we're trying to work through, and a few things uh, that we got uh, cooking that they're going to be announced here in the next couple of weeks as well. Very cool. Uh, and we're talking to Bobby Dooley, president of Phoenix Rising FC. Um, just the location, uh, and I know there's been a couple of locations around town, and I never made it out to Wild Horse Pass. I did go to the the, the two hundred two one hundred one location, and uh, that was that was central. But uh, what has been the fan reaction to getting Phoenix Rising back in Phoenix? As you said, Phoenix being home and being a little bit closer into town, it's been really positive. You know, our fans have been really positive. The support from the media has been positive, and of course, our partner support has been great. So I think, you know, you look at the one forty three, the two hundred two, the I ten that surround it. You look at the light rail access um, being central Phoenix. It's five stops from Mill Avenue, five stops from from downtown. People can go out and and go out for the evening, come to the game, 90 minutes, and continue on with their day. So I think you'll see that same energy, that same vibe, and, and that's the feeling that we're getting in the front office. Yeah. That's the feeling that we're getting from the phone calls that we continue to receive about buying tickets, and we're expecting a sellout on, on April 1st, and it should uh, kick off the season at home for us in a good spot. I, I think every time when the World Cup shows up, it, it illustrates how how much soccer is on on its way in in this country in terms of how it's getting bigger and more mainstream. Update us on your thoughts about that. Where is soccer in the landscape, not only in Arizona, but in this country? I mean, you start looking at the attendance of professional soccer matches here in the United States. Of course, you see the participation numbers at the youth levels and, and then the accessibility. You turn on the television anywhere you look now and you can watch games from all over the world. And And I go to my kid's school and I see kids wearing jerseys, not only Phoenix Rising jerseys, but jerseys from clubs in Germany and, and England and Italy. And it's it's really cool to see the growth, and you you have the, you know the video games that's really helped um, the growth of the sport as well, and the Women's World Cup coming up here this summer, which of course you'll see a, a lot more exposure and you know kind of front of mind media as well. So the sport continues to, to grow and trend upward, and you look at the valuations of the franchises, you look at uh, you know the ratings, and, and soccer's continuing to grow, and, and we couldn't be more excited about you know where we're at and, and, and you know in the soccer hierarchy and what we're doing and trying to do in a great market. So. Um, I'm, I, I say a lot. You know, I'm really excited. Uh, I think we're in the right market at the right time, and, and hopefully this thing keeps growing. Bobby Dooley, Phoenix Rising FC president, our guest here on Newsmakers Week. You mentioned all the change that happened uh, last year. One of the changes happened in the middle of the year, managerial change. Juan Guerra takes over. You get a full season with him at the helm now. What does he bring this organization? Yeah, he's a, he's a young guy. Um, brings a lot of energy um, to the group. Um, he has a real um, defined way on, on how we want to play. Um, and we recruited a lot of new players to the roster. We're only going to have a handful of players that were on the team last year, and and you're really starting to see the identity. And that's what has been most exciting these past couple of weeks of the preseason is, as you see, whether it's you know some of the young kids in our academy that are participating with us, or some of the guys that we brought in from all over the world. Um, they're they're buying in. Um, you know, the, he's a guy that guys want to follow, um, and you can see the chemistry and the group coming together really nicely right now. And you never know, right? The ball's got to bounce our way once yeah. things start. Yes. But we're really excited. You know. 
going again, the process of recruiting players, the, the process of, of identifying and bringing the right guys and, and how we're playing is a bit different, but I think the fans will really be excited about the style of play. Um, very technical, good, high-quality players. I, I think we'll have 13, 14 countries represented on the roster this year, and, and hopefully we can bring players from all over the world and, and again, all all you know, looking to do the same thing. That's right. come together, win games, and, and win championships and, and make the, the fans of Arizona proud. Now, I, I saw that your first home game is April 1st. That's when you guys are debuting. How does the schedule pan out? What does that look like for you? Yeah, so the schedule, we're going to start on the road um, with the relocation. Um, and, and I think that's the, the best thing I've seen about this group. You know, they, the, their ability to adapt. You know, we're moving to a new training location for the next couple of weeks when they get back from Mexico. We're starting on the road the first couple of weeks as well. So those are challenges that are going to be thrown our way, but we're, we're, we're certainly not a group that wants to make any excuses. And it doesn't change what, what our goals are. And that's to, to go out and compete and, and win every match. So um, we'll start on the road. And I know the guys will be really excited to come home on April 1st in front of a packed yeah. house and, and a lot of energy. And, and I think our fans will be excited and it, it should be a great night. In terms of the roster, you mentioned the turnover, lots of new players. One of the holdovers, uh, Kevon Lambert, has been around for a while, fan favorite. But can you tell the fans that are listening maybe about some of the new players that they will gravitate towards during this season? Yeah, I mean, again, it, it's hard to just pick one right now. It's still early on and the guys are fighting yeah. fighting right now. And, name uh, them all. Yeah, <laughs> na- I, I could name them all, but some some of the early returns and some of the guys that are coming together, guys that were playing in, in, in you know Europe last year, like Renzo Zambrano, he just scored a goal on Wednesday. He came to us. He was with Portland Timbers in Major League Soccer, went overseas, and he's been back with us, and he's in the center of the field, and he's been looking really, really solid. You got guys like Daniel Crutzen in the back of the field that won three championships in a row in Canada, um, you know, leading the back line, and, and, and people up top like Danny Trejo and, and Manu Arteaga. So um, we're excited. Um, we're excited. Not a, not a lot of guys that had played a lot in the USL. Um, that's not certainly wasn't the goal for us is to win the offseason by the names on the paper. It's for the quality of the players and the individuals right. that we could bring in. And, and I think we've done that. There's a few pieces that we're going to add to to the mix as well. And, and I think we're going to continue to challenge ourselves every day. Bobby Dooley, president of the Phoenix Rising FC, our guest here in the Auction Community Studios for Newsmakers Week. I'm curious from, from your vantage point with Phoenix Rising FC, when we're coming off a year where there was a World Cup and the ramp up now to the next World Cup on North American soil, what does that do? Obviously, it grows the game in in this country on this continent, certainly. But what does it do specifically for for a club like Phoenix Rising? Uh, I think it, it helps at all levels. You know, you look at our youth club, and there's eight thousand plus kids that are playing in our youth club. Our our biggest tournament of the year is actually this week, and the Max Jack Nine Invitational starts out. Over five hundred teams will be competing wow. here, um, and our and our tournament. So you you look at the participation numbers and the kids that are talking about it and excited about it. Um, you you look at the players that that are are talking and, and learning more about professional soccer in the United States. And you look at the facilities that are being built. You look at the training centers that are being built. Um, you look at the level of players that, that are coming in here that are being purchased to play for teams in the United States or being sold overseas. So I think that soccer in the United States is becoming more and more um, impactful across the globe. And you're, you're looking at, there, there's real talent in this market at the at the youth ages. And you see many of our players in the national team are playing at the top levels in, across Europe. So I, I just think it continues to help grow the game and the awareness and know that wow this is a, this is a league and there's multiple leagues in the United States that are growing the game and investing in the sport of soccer and and I don't think it's changing when you see the corporate support that's coming behind it and, and it just all of that really helps it go hand in hand and, and helps the sport grow and, and hopefully it leads to you know teams in the United States from the United States getting further and further in the World yeah. Cup at least on the men's side you know, yeah. the women's yeah. have been fantastic yeah. 
That yeah. would certainly help. Yeah. Uh, now, now to dial it way down to a grassroots level, when you guys do something like holding open tryouts, is that a way? I mean, do you actually find um, that caliber of player, or is it a way to kind of open your doors to the community and kind of say, "Hey, we're a dream that's here for everybody." You know what I mean? What's yeah, what's the, what do you do? Both. Okay, and you guys know this. There's yeah. there's not one singular pathway um, to get to the highest level, and, and in soccer, that's definitely rings true, right? I mean, traditionally years ago, you'd go through you know the youth systems and tra- travel soccer, and end up playing college soccer, and then there wasn't even a pro system, and that's certainly developed and changed over the last 25 years. Now more and more kids are going the you know academy route, and some will go pro before they even go to college or not go to college. So so for this, you know. Again, there's different breaks and bounces. Yeah. And a couple years ago, we signed a keeper out of out of the tryout, and Zach Lubin. Right? And I, I know there are fans that are listening right now. He's one of the their favorite players, and he might, might even be kind of on the Mount Rushmore of Phoenix Rising players, just in the fans' minds because he, he did so much for us. So it certainly was an opportunity. We had some guys that trialed with us. Um, right now, none of the kids that came from through the tryout last this uh, past month have have made the roster. But a couple guys that played a game against Sporting Kansas City last week in a preseason match. So good opportunity. Cool. Gather yeah. some film for us if they don't get selected to play for us we still you know call around the league and, and make some phone calls to try to help these kids out because again you just never know who's watching and when they're watching That's and true. Um, you have a chance to make an impact so there's a lot of different ways to get there and, and it's certainly great for the community to show there's opportunity but it's great for us to find some talent that just hasn't been uncovered and I know you've been asked about what I'm going to ask you about uh, a number of times over the years but it's in the headlines again MLS looking to to expand trying to get up to 30 teams there's been some snafus with some of the teams that were lined up up uh, for, for soccer fans, for Phoenix Rising FC fans. I know you're part of USL Championship, and that's your focus right now. But when you look to the future, how do you how do you sum up the chances of, of Phoenix being an MLS city? You almost answered um, your question, um, <laughs> but but I, I can't make a lot of comments about you know MLS and, and Major League Soccer. But what I can say is that for us right now, that from day one we've set out, we want to take this to the highest level, and and right now we're in the United Soccer League, and we're going to continue to put our best foot forward on the field, off the field, put a good product. And and what the future holds, I'm, I'm not quite sure, but I know that the ownership group has shown time and time again um, to, to make investments. Um, this isn't this isn't a cheap endeavor, and, and we're making another investment to relocate the facility. Yes. We're investing in the team, on the product, on the field, off the field, and I, I'm I'm really excited about I don't think I've ever been this excited about the future of Phoenix Rising. Well, and, and I thought the same thing a couple of years ago when you first dropped down off, like Vinny said, off the 101 and the 202. I'm like, what is the MLS waiting for? What more could they want for a market? And then you have to realize it's not it's political. There's a lot of things that go along with that. Right? Yeah, you're right. There's yeah. a lot that goes into it, and it's a stadium plan, and, and the market's fantastic. And again, the market has shown that for the last six seasons. You see the support that we get from, from the fan base here. A very passionate fan base. If you talk to any mm-hmm. Major League Soccer team, executive, people in, in any offices that are in and around soccer in, in this United States, they're well aware of Phoenix Rising and the product that we put on the field and the way we operate as an organization. So um, that's what we're going to continue to do. And, and again, we'll see where the chips fall. Yeah, the home opener at the new stadium at 38th and Washington, not far off Saturday, April 1st against San Diego Loyal SC. Best of luck with that, with the season, with the new stadium, with everything uh, with Phoenix Rising FC, Bobby. Bobby. Thanks so much for for coming guys. Bobby Dooley, president of Phoenix Rising FC, our guest to kick off our final day of Newsmakers Week 2023. Coming up next, we'll review Newsmakers Week uh, Thursday. Uh, We had a busy day yesterday, including Michael Bidwell giving us some news on how things didn't shake out with Sean Payton. We'll reflect on that next. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.